Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Welcome, everyone. Welcome, welcome. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. We have got like an awesome couple of hours of programming for you. Uh, and, and here's what I want to say about it. Uh, I was spending most of the weekend walking around Expo East and met some incredible people. And so what we want to do is introduce you to some of these folks, some of the amazing things that they are doing and much more. And to start us off, though, although she has not been at Expo East, she has certainly been a number of other places. Barbara Ann Kipfer is joining me here today. Actually, Dr. Barbara Ann Kipfer joining me here today because she's got a new book out called Phraseology. Thousands of Bizarre Origins, Unexpected Connections, and Fascinating Facts About English's Best Expressions. Yeah, I wonder if she's got crust-busting in there. Well, let me just give you a little bit of information about Dr. Kip for joining us here today. She is a career linguist and lexicographer. I should read this. <laughs> lexicographer, a writer, editor, and compiler of a dictionary. Managing editor-in-chief, chief of lexicographer for dictionary.com, thesaurus.com, and reference.com. And, you know, in her journey, just want to say a few things. In her journey, she has written uh, more than 40 books and is here to talk with us today about her latest book, but we're also going to give you the website so you can find out more about who she is and what she's doing. Um, she's also a registered professional ar archaeologist. And so we've got lots to talk about today. I'm so interested in having uh, Dr. Kipfer join us here today. Welcome to the show, Barbara. Thank you. So, interesting question that I have for you. So, how does one cross over from archaeology? <laughs> Just thought I would ask that question. Well, you know, no, to I, I can, you know, I, I've got a pretty good story to relate that. I actually okay. wanted to be an archaeologist. That was the first thing I wanted to be. But it became, I was like four years old, it became evident to me in school that one thing I excelled at was spelling and maybe even, you know, remembering some stuff about words. And what I, what I did was I didn't have a, I wasn't a great student and I didn't have a big interest in reading except for one thing. I like to read dictionaries and encyclopedias. And I kind of figured the reason for that was my father, uh, what I can't say he wasn't know-it-all, but he liked to know facts and stuff like that. So this was, it kind of kept me in the conversation with him to be able to read this stuff and, and have conversations about things like words and, and, and things in encyclopedias. So um, I took that and just kind of uh, evolved first into a sports writer because I love sports. And then I saw that maybe I, that was going to get a little old, so I segued into lexicography, kind of going back to the fact that I like dictionaries, and I thought it was pretty cool that there was a field, you know, a, a group of people, not a large group of people, but a group of people <laughs> who wrote dictionaries and, and thesauruses. So uh, I've been doing that for about 30 years. And uh, about 10 years ago, I decided to, 
to go back and, and get my degree in archaeology so that someday I, I do it on a volunteer basis right now, and I, I have a dictionary online that people can use. It's uh, from my dissertation. So, so, you know, the connection between these fields is really uh, lists. <laughs> Dictionaries are lists. Uh, in archaeology, you, you go out into the field with lists. You make lists of things that you find. Um, even uh, I have another degree in Buddhist studies, and the reason I went into that was because the Buddha made lists. So I wrote my dissertation on his list. So that's really me, the list person. Well, I love that. I, else. <laughs> I, I actually love the way you explained that because that's really cool. Because so now geology you... is my list of interesting <laughs> things about phrases. And I had written a previous book for the same publisher, uh, Word Nerd, which was, you know, really a list of just the inter one interesting thing about each word that I could come up with. And so, I, I, I mean, this is really kind of fun to talk with you about this because I don't know how familiar all of us really are, um, or conscious is the word I want to say, conscious about what comes out of our mouths from different <laughs> points of time. <laughs> no, we're not. And it, it, we'd be amazed if we just stopped talking about uh, third parties like other people who aren't around. And, uh -huh. uh, saying things like that, we would greatly reduce the number of words that come out of all of our mouths well, and probably you know, improve our communication <laughs> and lives, uh, you know, several hundred percent. What's really interesting, I was thinking about, you know, this show that we were going to do today. And one of the things that I realized as, you know, as I was thinking about it and wondering, um, I was watching, you know, one of the presidential debates not too long ago, and you flashed in my mind. And what happened with that is I remember there was a point in time, and, and I don't really remember the details of this, but I think one of the candidates pointed to the other candidate and referred to him as that one. Mm. And and then what happened was, and that's not even the that's not even the really important part of this. Someone picked that up and took that expression, trademarked it, created T-shirts for it, and started to sell millions of T-shirts. How does a phrase? How does an expression? <laughs> you know, turn somebody into a millionaire? I know. Well, you know, I have to say that is probably more the product of the internet than anything else because mm -hmm. well not just the internet i'm sorry it really is the media because you know you're you kind of are beginning to wonder how much the media controls people <laughs> and and i'm saying this to a media person so i have to be careful here but no there, not really because you know of, honestly we are we're an independent show so well, we're actually a lot of not power wielded yeah. by yes. by the media and yeah, i believe absolutely. sometimes you know, I kind of felt that way about the economic troubles for a while. Now I, I know it's not true, but for a while I was wondering how much of it. I mean, I could see people were at the mall. I could see people were going out to dinner. And I'm thinking, is there really an economic crisis here? Because it didn't seem to be. But I don't know if everybody was in denial at that point. But I, I think that the media made, at one point, they made it worse than it was. And mm -hmm. at other times... I don't think they're, you know, slapping us in the face <laughs> enough to, to get us to wake up and, and realize that this happened for a reason and we have to, we're, we're kind of all part of the problem and all part of the solution. 
uh, as with just about anything. And we think so, that, you know, there's so many people in the world, it's really easy to say, no, it's somebody else's problem. But with the phrases, I mean, with, with something catching on, it, it's so easy now with the Internet and all the media that we fill our days with for something to really take, you know, take hold a lot faster than it ever would have before. And it could flash, you know, it could flash in and flash out again. So the thing with lexicography has always been we based for pretty much the history of lexicography. We based things on what was written, things that were written in books and respectable, and I use quotes around that, magazines and other publications, (laughs) so that, you know, we weren't looking at uh, fly-by-night publications as the the guideline to whether a a new word was really a new word that should be entered into a dictionary. Now... You have to, there is no lexicographer that you ask who does not almost have to depend on the internet because it is kind of the publication of record now. There are more people on the internet than probably by newspapers. So we have to look at what's on the internet and work in the same way where we collect instances of words and how often they're used to try to gauge whether they enter into a print dictionary. Online dictionaries, like the one I work for, uh, can look at things a little differently. They, too, want to be responsible and put words in there that are actually being used and, you know, hopefully going to stay around. But there are, there are plenty of online dictionaries, like one called Urban Dictionary, that basically will put anything online that they hear or that somebody has written somewhere and let people write their own definitions for it. So, well, you, you know, one of the things you're I... You're getting I hit love. every which way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, don't we grow up with these terms, though, uh, you know, Barbara? I mean, I mean, think about it. There are terms that I'm sure that all of us use. We, have, we don't have a clue Where they about came from? the... Or, not a clue. Right. Not a Phrases clue. Phrases are actually very hard to track down. Um, I have to rely on on really big dictionaries like the Oxford English Dictionary for information on things like where a phrase came from. Because there's lots of books of phrases. There's, you know, a number of books over the years that have gone into the little stories behind phrases. And by by that I mean like a couple on the cover of my book, The Bite the Bullet and To Skin a Cat. These are, you know, phrases, like you said, that we've grown up with but don't really know the stories behind. Um, so you can find you can find uh, differences between these books written by people like me. You can find differences in the stories because it's really hard to trace them. It's very hard to trace the origin of words and phrases. Well, I'll tell you, this is a this is really a cool book. Dr. Barbara Ann Kip for joining us here today. Phraseology. And yeah, if you go to the cover of the book, we're going to talk about some of the origins, some of the history of these. You'll, you'll find things across the board. To skin a cat, bite the bullet, and, you know, pushing the envelope, humble pie, fit to be tied. And we're going to be talking with Dr. Kiffer when we return from break about what it means when we use these terms and we really don't know what it means. I don't know if you've ever been out in public speaking and, you know, you've used the term rule of thumb 
only to have someone tell you exactly what that means. Well, maybe Dr. Kipfer will share what that means for our listeners today and why this is important and fun to really look at some of these bizarre origins and some totally unexpected connections. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back with the Dr. Pat Show. Uh, This is Talk Radio to Thrive By, and we've got lots more. Have you ever wanted to take something back that has just come out of your mouth, and yet there it is? And so we've got this and lots more on the show. Uh, You know, Dr. Dr. Kipfer, I, I was wondering if, you know, where did the expression... You make your bed, you sleep in it come from. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you, can, you can kind of, uh, the, the thing about phrases uh, is that they, they usually tell a story that makes sense to other people. So I think that's probably, you know, where most of the phrases come from is it made sense to somebody. They didn't really just pull it out of thin air and, and then it caught on. Um, it's, it's actually a more interesting story what making a bed is because when we think of make, we think of creating something. But when we make a bed, we're putting um, the sheets on in our, in our terminology. But when it started out, the phrase actually referred to beds being created um, each night, like when beds didn't exist the way we know them, it was a matter of taking straw and making a bed out of the straw on the floor. And each night that was done again because it got matted down, and so it was kind of built up again with new straw. So that's where that phrase comes from. Well, uh, we've got this and much more. Let's take a short break. When we come back, Dr. Barbara Ann Kipfer is going to be sharing some of these phrases, some of their origins, some of these meanings, and lots more. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with the Dr. Are you a social artist? Do you feel your work is about something bigger than the field you've been playing in? Do you want to make a difference on the planet and in your community? If so, the three-day Gene Houston Introduction to Social Artistry Workshop, Friday, October 31st through November 2nd, in the Seattle U District at the University Christian Church, is the right place for you to be. Gene is one of the great teachers on the planet today. You'll learn, stretch, grow, and laugh on your way to becoming a social artist. For the Grandchildren is presenting two events with Gene Houston, including a public event on Thursday evening, October 30th, at Seattle Unity Church, prior to the three-day workshop. Registration and more information can be found at forthegrandchildren.org. That's forthegrandchildren.org. Or call Victor at 206 838 5176. That's 206-838-5176. You want to help people, and you know that the angels can help. You understand that as each person heals, our world takes a step towards peace. Become a certified angelic life coach and learn how to guide others in their healing with help from the angels. AngelsTeach.com offers a comprehensive six-month teleclass training program that can launch you into a career with angels right from your home. For more information or to register, visit AngelsTeach.com. Hi, this is Glenn Brooks from the Vibrant Living Radio Network. 
from terminal normalities to abundant reality? How do we craft and design more abundance in our lives? And how do we allow for more possibilities? Join me and my international team of contributors. Please join me in this exploration and become part of the Vibrant Living family. Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Right here on Seattle's Alternative Talk, AM 1150, KKNW. Your life's precious and giant. Find the tools and resources and discover a new way of axing those. Be the first to join your favorite Hay House authors on the next I Can Do It at Sea. Come aboard a luxurious cruise ship and meet Greg Braden, Brian Weiss, Sonia Choquette, and many more. The seven-night cruise to Alaska on July 11th through 18th, 2009 includes soul-nourishing workshops, spiritual cinema movies in your cabin, autograph sessions, and amazing ports of call. This is a vacation you'll never forget. Cabins are limited. Reserve today. HayHouse.com. Tune in your radio to hear Carrie O'Connor, master visionary, medium, and clairvoyant, as she uses her amazing psychic gifts to help you step into your divine power and begin to create the life of your dreams. Carrie will read your unique energy field, connecting you with the treasures of your soul, your passions, and your true life purpose. Don't miss Carrie's weekly astounding and energetic predictions. Fasten your seatbelt as you take a wild ride with Carrie O'Connor. Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific. Listen live at thedrpatshow.com. Tell your friends the place to be is Alternative Talk, 1150 a.m. back everyone dr barbara and kip for joining us here today she has got the coolest website I, honestly and you know maybe it's just me but i i totally for those of us that are visuals this is the website that you want to go and you want to go check out and the reason i say that is I, you know i've been to her website and, and, and i as i'm looking at the website i'm thinking to myself uh okay where do I want to go? Which do I want to click on? And if, in order for you all to know what I'm talking about, you're going to have to check this out for yourself. Things to be happy about.com. Things to be happy about.com. And when you go to this website, what's going to come up is this, um, this really wonderful, uplifting visual. It is not like any other website that I've ever seen, and I'm having a blast with it. But the question that I asked uh, Dr. Kipfer is, hey, which one of these do most people click on first? So everybody's going to have to figure that out. Barbara, thank you so much for joining the show today. I mean, this, is, this is really fun. It's a fun conversation. And I want to ask you about some history, some, some, of the, some of the phrases, you know, these thousands of bizarre origins, unexpected connections. The book is Phraseology, uh, and you'll be able to find that on uh, Barbara's website. But the question, I guess, that I have is, you know, what are some of these phrases that once you started to delve into, they were totally different than what you thought the, the connections were going to be. Well, I would say a good high percentage of them were different <laughs> than what I expected. Um, this, you know, it was a fun project to do the one about words. And at the same time I was doing uh, that one, which became the Word Nerd book, I was collecting phrases that I wanted to investigate for a second book. So... Um, it's, it's not nearly as long a book as the first one. There, 
there's a lot of phrases and English is uh, English is increased more and more by phrases than single words. We combine words that we already have to make you know to explain new phenomenon and new new things. So um, there are an awful lot of phrases. The only problem with them is trying to find their origins or saying something interesting about them because. Um, you know, something like uh, mixed media, you think is, is something easy to explain, but it, it's not really easy to explain. So in this book, I do have origins, but I also have uh, definitions, too, for things that you might not just be able to figure out by putting together the parts of, you know, a phrase is, is put together by two words at least, if not more. So you can have, um, you can kind of deduce what something means or not. So when you look at mixed media, you think of, of two or more media in a work of art like watercolor and gouache or something like that. Uh -huh. um, but other people who don't know what mixed media is could think it refers to uh, some kind of journalistic, you know, term. So... So a lot of these, I, I tried to find something, the most interesting thing I could find about each of these phrases. Um, some of the weather terms are kind of interesting, too, like partly cloudy, because partly cloudy is actually the same as partly funny. <laughs> and I don't know if people know that, but it actually has a definition of being um, when the clouds are, if the cloud cover is three-eighths to five-eighths of the sky. Now, how anybody figures that out, I am not sure. But see, that's part of the beauty of of books like this is that they get your curiosity going and you go look up more things and you learn more little things that I'm not sure what you'll ever do with them, but they make you happy knowing that you <laughs> you have picked up some new information and knowledge. Well, I think you asked what do people do with them. I have to tell you that, you know, for people, people such as myself, you know, when we get out and we do, we're, we're on the, out in front of public and we're doing keynotes, speeches and so forth. I mean, you know, some of these origins can be pretty funny, you know, pretty <laughs> interesting to weave into a speech. Now, I mentioned, I gave an example. I remember using the term rule of thumb. At, 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 a, at a talk that I did. And one of the women from the audience raised her hand and she started to tell me what rule of thumb meant and that as a woman, I should not be using that term. And, and I don't know if you, if, if you have the origin of that term, but I thought, you know, before I keep using these terms, <laughs> I better understand where they come from. But that's an example of a common mistake. I mean, how many people do we know use the term rule of thumb or use the phrase rule of thumb? Hmm. Well, I'm not quite sure what the person you were talking to is referring to because I don't know why it would be offensive in any way. In fact, is a phrase that um, nobody's really quite sure what it refers to. It's pretty much been decided that it has to do with measuring based on what the standard adult thumb, you know, being about one inch long, access, can be used as a rule a ruler for measuring things. So I'm well, not really sure. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what she what told the, me. But there are plenty of stories about it, so right, one of them right. must be this one that you heard. 
Well, and you know, the, the key thing is, without knowing about how to come back to that, I'll tell right. you what it was. And, you, and this is why you've written the book that you've written. Basically, what she said to me, it was, uh, you know, a rule of thumb or uh, was a way for people, or maybe I've got the wrong term, maybe I've got it mixed up, but it had to do with the relationship between a man and a woman in, 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 in marriage. Oh. And yeah, and so and so here we are. We're talking about these phrases, and yet we use them every day. How many phrases like this? And you thought, do they really know what that means? What is <laughs> what, in your opinion, is probably the most misunderstood phrase in terms of its origin? Ooh, I, I really don't know. <laughs> I have to say, um, I've heard the whole nine yards oh. uh, is is one that that just baffles people and there's much speculation but you could really say that about i'm sure every person you speak to can think of a different phrase um there's just you know other than being able to go back in writing and try to find the first instance of when something was used it's really it can be a crapshoot trying to figure out where something came from or what it's you know a lot of these phrases and and words had a different meaning starting out, and then they evolved. And they evolved possibly way far away from the original meaning. But that's the beauty of English. Yes, it is. <laughs> English can is I pliable. Ask you, can I ask and, you, do you, uh, you know, with a million have, plus words, we do you can have take a favorite liberty. phrase? Um, no, I can't really say I have a favorite phrase either. I do get asked these questions a lot because I am a lexicographer, but um, I have to say pretty much I am a word fan, and, and that's what you noticed on my website is there's like 16 different places to go on my website and see different lists. And I just personally, I never get tired of looking at them. There's something when I look at a little list of words, even in this book, you know, I see something that um, calls out to me some way. And that's, you know, that's, that's the fun of it, is you can open a book like this anywhere and see something and say, oh, now I remember, you know, that phrase or what that was right. about. Yeah. Well, like, I want to say this. I want to end this, this show by saying I went to the Wisdom Well on your website. <laughs> and one of the things I found that I was immediately drawn to was uh, one of... A, a statement that I want to read. And under the Wisdom Well on uh, things to be happy about.com, there's a phrase or statement that says, The fear of losing is diminished once you lose for the first time and survive. Thank you, Dr. Thank you, Dr. Kipfer, for joining us here today. Thank but you very much. How fun this is. Thank you so much. And where can people get a copy of your book? Uh, Amazon.com, certainly, and uh, pretty much most bookstores. I have seen it in the bookstores already. All right. Thank this you. This is, this is so fun. It is definitely one for my library because I need to be really clear about the meaning behind what I'm saying. Let's take a short break, everyone. We'll be right back. We've got an incredible show for you. We're going to meet some of the people that are taking their message out into the world, um, people that we're just at the Expo East uh, this weekend, and they're going to share their experience. They're going to share what's most important to them and what we can learn to live life full out. We'll be right back.